For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Welcome into the program. Hope that your day is starting off well. And we've got a heck of a show for you today. A little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Lieutenant Scott Carolla and Captain Derek Belong of the New Bedford Police Department. They're going to be talking with us about these new security measures that will be in place for the 107th Feast of the Blessed Sacrament, which is beginning tomorrow night. And we'll go on through Sunday, and they will talk with us about some of these new procedures and policies and things that you probably didn't realize were already in place, but now will be a little bit more strictly enforced. So they will have perimeter fencing around the Madera field. They will have four entryways that will also be exit ways as well. And when you walk through those entry points you will walk through a metal detector. And a lot of folks, when they first announced these security changes, we had the article at WBSM.com and on the app, where people were upset and saying, well, the whole point of the feast is to, to be able to go and move around and have the freedom to go wherever you want, and you'll still have that. Nobody's saying that you're going to be trapped I believe the term people used on social media was, I'm going to feel like I'm in prison. I think people that are actually in prison, if you told them you're going to be incarcerated in a space the size of Madera Field, granted with, you know, 10,000 other people around you at the same time, they'd take it. Except they don't have the opportunity to just walk out the exit if they so choose. And, and, and by the way, the feast is free to attend so you can walk in and out as much as you want. It's not like if you walk out because you need to get a little bit of, I don't want to say fresh air because you're already outside, but if you want to get away from the crowd a little bit, you can just walk right back in and pass through the metal detector again. And people have actually called up and said, well, I always carry my firearm with me down there and now I can't. Well, you couldn't before. It was in the rules. The club owns the Madera Field. It's not public property. And they can make the rules as they see fit. And one of the rules they have for the feast is no firearms. So this is not news. But I think it's news to some people. So they'll talk with us. The, the police will talk with us about these new security measures, why they're being put in place, 
and to give you a, an expectation of what it will be like down there. So that'll be coming up uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, until then, of course, we'll talk with you 508-996-0500. There's a new business that opened in Fairhaven yesterday. If you are up and thinking about where you might get some breakfast, there is a new breakfast restaurant opened that has opened in the former Margaret's in Fairhaven. If you remember the family that owned the three restaurants, Margaret's, Elizabeth's, and, and Brady's Icebox, the ice cream stand in between, they closed up shop last summer and they sold the property at the end of 2022. A development group purchased the building and went about trying to find some folks to move in. Brady's Icebox got the first tenant when the ice cream cottage opened back in May. And now the second tenant has moved into Margaret's. And the third tenant is already in place for Elizabeth's. That's Brandon Roderick of the Baker opening up an upscale bar and restaurant called Olivia's. But they're still in the process of uh, the design phase and getting everything ready. And I spoke to one of the developers, Jay Lanigan, who said that it will probably be four to six weeks before you'll start to see some serious activity down at Olivia's. But for right now, today, actually yesterday, was the grand opening of May Breakfast. M-E-Y, May Breakfast. And you can read all about it at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. And you can see some photos of the delicious donuts that they bake right there in the restaurant. Right there in May Breakfast. Every morning they're, going, they're coming in, they're baking those donuts fresh. They're in a glass case, so you can check them out and pick out which ones you want. I was able to try one yesterday. Fantastic. Very light, very airy, but a great addition to Fairhaven Center. So if you are looking for, and they have full breakfast there too, so it's not just donuts, but the donuts are something worth heading over there for. So if you want to go over there and check it out, you can. They're open now. They're open until, I believe, 5 p.m. But if you want to find out more, you can check out the story at WBSM.com and on the app. But welcome to Fairhaven May Breakfast. It is actually the owner and operator of The Rise in Somerset. She purchased that property a year and two months ago, she said. And she had a lot of success over there, so she was looking for a second location. And she landed in Fairhaven Center. And now, when you walk around down there, when you take the bike down the bike path in the morning, when you head on down to the beach, you're going to be smelling delicious, fresh, fresh baked donuts. So go ahead and check them out. And I brought some back for the rest of the crew here at WBSM and Fun 107. And everybody's loving them. So go check those out. But check out the story, too. And you can get more of the backstory, not only about the business, but also about you know, the way things have come together down in that block, what could have been something that sat dormant for a while instead has become revitalized. Yesterday, we did not get any real response regarding what happened with the ballot question for term limits for the city councilors. 
Uh, I sent an email when I got off the air. I emailed all 11 city councilors and the mayor's office. I received two responses. One was from Holly Huntoon, the spokesperson for the city. And, you know, that's why I reached out to seeking comment from the mayor. That's the, the proper procedure. And she asked when my deadline for my story was. I told her no real deadline, but, you know, the mayor's coming in today with Chris and Marcus. So since they didn't get back to me, I'm sure they'll be addressing it this morning on South Coast Now when the mayor comes in at 11. Out of the 11 city councilors, one responded to me. Ward 5 Councilor Scott Lima wrote back and, uh, and, and basically, you know, I, I was looking for a statement on the record about whether or not they would support helping with this process. Because as we were talking about yesterday, if the councilors put it on the ballot, I, I guess there's something that can happen. We don't know because, again, we're not getting answers from the city solicitor or from the election commission both of whom I reached out to on Monday morning and haven't heard back from since. But Scott Lima said that he is going to be meeting with Catherine and speaking with her about what happened and getting more information. So that's the only response that I've received. I don't know if any of the other hosts have had something more substantive. I know that Barry said yesterday, at least, you know, I had an appointment yesterday afternoon, but at least as much of the show that I heard, he was clamoring for someone to say something. And and crickets. And I get it. I get that if you are a city councilor, what are you going to say about a question that would go on the ballot that would limit your opportunity to serve in that position? Some might feel, yeah, that would be a conflict of interest for me to speak out on that. But the larger question here is what happened? Why were the citizens who tried to petition to effect change in their own city government given the wrong information? And I've tried as much as I can to say, Well, they weren't given the wrong information. It's just the people that they looked to didn't have the right information either. So it was a mistake all the way around. And I've tried to have that outlook because I'm not trying to blame people. I don't want anybody to lose their job or be reprimanded over what happened. But I want this situation fixed so that the next person that decides to do this will know the proper procedure from the outset. Now, yesterday, Jack Spillane was with us, and and Jack Spillane said that it was just as much, you know, the the ball was just as much in the court of Catherine Adamowitz and Paul Hankins to have done their research on, on what this procedure is and that they had a lawyer and that that lawyer should have been advising them on the procedure as part of it. And to a degree, that is true. But as Catherine pointed out when she called in, what about those that can't afford a lawyer? 
What about those that can't reach out to a lawyer to have them guided through the process? You expect your election office to be the ones to help you with that. And I love Jack Spillane, but I think his reasoning of you can't expect government agents, people who work for the government, to have your best interest in heart at, at all times... It doesn't hold water with me because that's the job that you are paid to do. You are not paid as the election commissioner or the city solicitor to look out what is best for the people that are in power. What's best for you yourself personally. You are paid by the citizens of New Bedford, by the taxpayers of New Bedford, to do what is right for the taxpayers of New Bedford. And yeah, I know what Jack was saying. He was saying that he had that same ideology before he really spent time here and realized that that's not how it works. But this is a chance for it to work the way that it's supposed to work, and it didn't. And there's no reason that I can tell for the city solicitor and the election commissioner to want to protect the city councilors. So I, I, I just, I don't get it. But Jack did um, ask me to clear up one thing. He said that um, he had misunderstood Catherine when she was on Barry's show on Monday. Uh, she meant that both she and Arthur Hirsch called the Secretary of State's office. So just correcting that um, because he had said that Arthur called the Secretary of State's office yesterday, but it was actually both of them who had called it. So, so Catherine did reach out to the Secretary of State. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hi. Good morning, Tim. It's your morning girlfriend. <laughs> good um, morning. I didn't, I, I didn't realize I had one for every part of the day. Well, you know, some people are special, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, I have a picture of you from 50s night now. Yes. Yes. Okay. You, the yeah. rare elusive picture of me at 50s night. That's right. But my friend is threatening to blackmail me with <laughs> by showing it to my husband. But anyway, moving along. I think this um, this whole controversy about the signatures on the ballot, I think it's a symptom. I like to look for a pattern. I think it's a symptom of our society that we're so afraid to say we made a mistake or um, we didn't give you the right, correct information um, and we're going to learn from it and move on. It's this like tar and feather approach to life. And I don't get it because everybody, yes, granted, you have an expectation when you hire people that they know their particular positions, but people can make mistakes. They're human. Mm -hmm. And I think that once we start screaming at one another and saying, you know, this and this and this and this, um, I think that it's just like we're sinking boat instead of saying, okay, let's figure out what happened. Let's, you know, be calm about it. And let's see how we can rectify the situation. And I think that's the way we should approach life in general. And, and I think that Catherine and Paul have been remarkably reserved about this because I would I be agree. furious if I was them and I'd spent that much time out in the, the heat and the humidity collecting those signatures and was, was led astray for at least a portion I, of that time. Even if they decided to keep collecting signatures, even after Manny DeBrito told them, I'm not sure this is the right way. You know, there were still the weeks that they spent collecting them when they thought that it was the right way. I agree. I think that whenever I've heard her call in to the station, she seems 
um, very uh, logical and methodical and very passionate about her um, her causes or you know her, what she believes. I don't fault her for any of that. If that's the way I came across, that, that's not what I meant. But I just think that um, when people start uh, uh, saying that, you know, oh, and that's terrible and, like, we should, you know, throw them out of office, I think that's an overreaction. I think we should try to figure out what it is that was said and then just come out and say we're human. We're human. We made a mistake. We should have known better, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to, like, um, crucify people in public. Um, I, I just think well, that I- that's what... We've lost our civility as a society, I think. So you're right. You don't need to crucify people in public if they are willing to come forward and say that they made a mistake. But when they want to spend days not returning calls or emails and ignoring the situation, well, then now now you have to get called out for that. Right. Right. I agree. Like the Catholic Church and the sex scandals and everything else, they did not come willingly. They came being dragged out into the the sunlight. And I think that's um, very true of people who are in power people who are in power don't want to lose that power that is true so that's that's my uh word of wisdom for today just one word now i'm going to get back to being silly <laughs> well, appreciate it you have a good day okay. you too and let's uh squeeze in a few more calls here before i gotta take a break good morning you're next on wbsm morning what's going on john uh you know um i'll make it short and sweet uh I, I I like the I like the last caller I do but I I, I don't agree with it one bit um, you know if you're in if you're in the military and you make a mistake and you're in combat you die that's that's the end of the line you know there's no there's no second chances that's just my my, my uh, you know dance in life you know well, I, that, I get I get a, that doesn't apply get, to every situation either no, though. I, I know I know but I'm just I'm just at the point where it's like you know I try not to make mistakes because you know, I'm just, it's just in, in I'm, I'm bred like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Anyways, um, I digress. Uh, yesterday, there was uh, Marcus, I think, Marcus or Chris. I think it was Chris. Um, did you listen to their program? Um, uh, much of it, not all of it. Well, I know he was trying to, he was calling um, Linda Morad, you know, and, to, and, and pretty much calling on her to do a special investigation or some of some sort. Of uh, of the whole situation, um, like a hearing almost, you know, like uh, subpoenaing, um, you know, Manny and and getting uh, Catherine and Paul in there too, and finding out both sides of the story and everything else. Now, do you find that if that were to happen, like say it, it, it's a possibility, um, you would have find out that that, or if you were to find that happens, and they're going to go ahead and with that step to find out both sides of the story, who was at fault and who was, the, you know. Uh, who made them? Who made the mistakes and everything else? Would would that be a conflict of interest? Now that Linda came out pretty much personally with a ven- not I don't want to say a vendetta against Catherine for doing this, but she came out publicly on the radio and said, you know, I don't understand why she's doing this. Uh, you know, I don't have anything against her, and she shouldn't have anything against me, and blah 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 so- blah. So the difference here, at least the way that I see it, is this is not about what the context of the question was. This is about the way that they were advised in the procedure. So that question could have been, you know, we're trying to get, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse named as the official mascot of the city of New Bedford. And if if that's the case, you know, 
that's a, an innocuous issue that doesn't affect the council, they can look at it and look at it from the perspective of what happened here in the breakdown of communication of the procedure. That's what needs to be talked about. That's what needs to be discussed. The content of the question is irrelevant when it comes down to why they were led astray with the information that they were given. Right. Now, I, I was just curious if it would have been a conflict of interest or not. In, in my opinion, no, but they might feel differently. You know, Council President Morad might feel differently. Um, well, I, I just Catherine and Paul might feel differently also with her sitting up there yeah, they, knowing that that's what, they, that's what she publicly the said two, on the radio. The two sides have certainly, um, you know, been publicly displeased with each other. So right, I, I understand right. that, but I think, I think really what it is is it's more the council trying to hold city officials responsible as the the check and balance for the executive branch of the city yeah. right 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 all right uh on a lighter note what's the what's the story with the the, the meetup uh we haven't had a chance to, to plan anything yet but uh looking into a few options for room size it looks like we're going to need a little bit of a bigger place than we thought we could get away with so oh yeah oh, no, so. seems like there's a lot of people yeah, that want to come right. out so all right all right i'll be listening Thanks, all right Tim. you have a good one and uh, we'll take more calls coming up after the news. But right now, I've got to take a break. Back in a few moments. And more of your calls, app chats, and open line voicemails on the other side of the news. But right now, let's go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Special Counsel Jack Smith says the 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol was fueled by lies told by former President Donald Trump. Smith announced Tuesday that Trump has been charged with conspiring to defraud the U.S., disenfranchise voters, and attempting to obstruct the certification of the results of the 2020 presidential election. Smith said his office will seek a speedy trial in the case against Trump and added that he must be presumed innocent until proven guilty. He called upon the Capitol riot an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. Fitch is downgrading its U.S. debt rating from the highest AAA rating to AA+. Several factors were incited, including a steady deterioration in standards of governance over the last two decades. Fitch said the U.S. suffers from an erosion of governance. While the rating dropped, the new one is among the highest possible. Fitch is one of the three major credit rating agencies that evaluate ability to comp for companies and countries to repay its debts. An American nurse and her daughter remain missing in Haiti. Trey Thomas has more. Jack Brewer, the founder of a global Haiti foundation, says people there live in fear because kidnapping is so common. You can't walk around uh, in the neighborhoods because you'll get kidnapped. Kidnapping has become, you know, the number one business on the street. The New Hampshire nurse and her child were kidnapped while serving at a community ministry. It happened the same day all non-emergency U.S. government employees were told to leave Haiti due to rising crime, civil unrest, and the lack of health care. I'm Trey Thomas. At least one person is dead and 50 more are injured after a bus crash at the Grand Canyon. Police say the accident occurred at Grand Canyon West Tuesday morning in Arizona. The bus was filled with tourists when it rolled over at a resort. Vice President Kamala Harris is rejecting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' invitation to discuss the state's new African-American history standards. While speaking in Orlando, Harris said she will not debate the fact that there were no redeeming qualities of slavery. Harris has criticized the curriculum for suggesting slavery helped the enslaved develop skills that later benefited them. CVS is laying off 5,000 employees. The layoffs will happen in what the company calls non-customer-facing positions, mainly corporate staff. 
The drugstore chain said it's evolving to adapt to new consumer health needs and expectations. And a Chinese zoo denies its bears are actually human beings in costumes. More from Mark Mayfield. Video clips of the Hangzhou Zoo's sun bears standing and waving began circulating online with social media users joking about them actually being people dressed as bears. The zoo posted on Chinese social media from the perspective of a sun bear named Angela. It read, I got a call after work yesterday from the head of the zoo asking if I was being lazy and skipped work today and found a human to take my place. The statement reiterated that Angela is a sun bear, not a black bear, not a dog, a sun bear. I'm Mark Mayfield. In sports, the Boston Red Sox defeat the Seattle Mariners last night 6-4. The Sox and the Mariners have one more game in their three-game series, which is scheduled for today at 4.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. You can expect another beautiful day in store for us around the area today. We'll have those low humidity levels, but it's going to be very pleasant. A lot of sunshine. Get out and enjoy the day if you can. High near 77. Overnight tonight, we get down to 61 degrees. And for your Thursday, the humidity starts to return, creeps back into the forecast. We'll be seeing a high near 77 degrees. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is 57 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. The South Coast Off-Right each morning. It's a beautiful morning. It's the Tim Weisberg Show. Weekdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Right here on WBSM. And we know... I was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, we've been talking about what's been going on with the petition and with the changes and how you couldn't. Uh, like, And the question comes down to who can you trust, right? Who should you be able to trust? Well, I can tell you that when it comes to your money, you can trust Bay Coast Bank. They are your neighborhood bank. They've been helping our community for more than 170 years. Because when you bank with Bay Coast... You can rest easy knowing that 100% of your deposits are fully insured by combined coverage provided by the FDIC and DIF. So not only can you trust Bay Coast Bank, but you have the trust of FDIC and DIF behind your deposits. Isn't it good to know that your deposits are fully insured? With all the craziness that's happening in the banking world, you don't have to worry. Bay Coast Bank offers a high level of personalized service that you won't get just anywhere. It's this exceptional service that sets Bay Coast apart. Open an account today and experience the Bay Coast difference. You can visit one of their 25 convenient branch locations or apply online at baycoast.bank. Trust the bank that has served Southern New England for generations. Trust Bay Coast Bank. Learn how Bay Coast can help you by visiting in person or online at baycoast.bank. Again, member FDIC, member DIF. And if you want to... Get involved in our discussion this morning, 508-996-0500. That is the number to call in and chime in. We can talk some more about really the lack of, of answers or the lack of response from anybody in city government regarding this situation, regarding the fact that citizens try to, to start a petition to affect change in their city. And they were led astray from the beginning. And I'm not, 
looking for anybody, as I said before, I'm not looking for anybody to be fired. I'm not looking for anybody to be reprimanded. I just want to see that this, I want to know that this situation is going to be addressed and that change will happen. If you say to me, Tim, what would be your ideal outcome of this situation? What would you like to see happen? Well, I mean, I'd like to see the question get on the ballot. But aside from that, what I would like to see is for the city solicitor and the city's election commissioner to come forward and say, we, we both have some blame in this. We apologize. And then for something to be put in place so that the next person that tries to go through this will be handed all the information that they need from day one. So knowing that, you know, if those two things could happen, I think it goes a, a long way to rectify this situation. Now, that's separate from the efforts that Catherine and Paul are continuing to try to get this question before the voters. And, and, and they have every right to do so, which is now their campaign is for you to call the city council office and the mayor's office and to tell them that you want this on the ballot that you want them to make this happen in the ways that they have available to them and hopefully you are making those phone calls I'd like to know and and, and as, as Catherine asked yesterday please reach out to them if you have made that call so that they can keep track of how many calls are being made but as I mentioned yesterday Council President Morad said that she wanted to put the question on the, the ballot in November to repeal the CPA because she had gotten a couple of dozen calls from people saying that they wanted it repealed. Those couple of dozen phone calls were enough to want her to see action on something that, on its surface, why would you be against it? And I don't want to go back into all of that because the question is not going to be on the ballot, but you know, we were talking about less than $100 a year out of your property taxes or attached to your property taxes for all the benefit that we get for the CPA. And I know, I know I'm going to get the phone calls from people who say, but I live on a fixed income. And that that $60 or $80 or whatever it was a year is, is more than I can afford. And I'm sorry and I feel bad for you if that's the case. But for the majority of people that are paying those taxes, that's not the case. But anyway, that's, again, we don't need to, you know, relitigate all that because it's not going to be on the ballot. But this could be. And I'm sure there's going to be more than two dozen phone calls to the city council office regarding this if 2,700 people had signed that petition. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, first of all, uh, the way I look at it, um, the election office is there is for the public, for the citizens of the city. It's not there. The purpose of that is not for politicians. So, um, you know, with all this going on, it, it's, a, it's a, a resource center for the citizens when they need something, um, you know, that they want, whatever, either get on a ballot, have a, you know, a question um, done so that people can vote on it, and, um, 
you know, this is not right now. This is not what I'm seeing. Um, and, you know, they can, I mean, as far, I don't know Catherine, but I'm pretty sure listening to her, she's a pretty well educated um, woman who really thought this process out. And it's kind of sad that, you know, she thought that that, that department was her, you know, her resource center that which it should be um to give her all the answers and you know Manny DeBrito if he didn't know you know right off the bat he should have just said to her you know I don't know um this is I mean because let's face it how many how many of those people like Catherine or questions like that come up where people want to put stuff on a ballot or create you know um a campaign like this to get a question on the ballot. It's not something you see, you know, every election. It's not something you see every year. So that should in itself should have, um, he should have been with, you know, to her saying, look, you know, I really don't know, um, but I'm going to find out. And, you know, I, I will, I will get back to you as soon as possible. And as the department head, you know, he really should have done his research or looked into it to get back to her to make sure that all the answers were were right that she and, needed. And it seems um, like it seems like from the way that it was characterized in, in Arthur Hirsch's reporting that that Manny DeBrito did try to do that. That he said, "I'm going to go to the city solicitor and find out more," and that he didn't get a prompt response from the city solicitor. And I understand that you know sometimes it's not the the top of the the city solicitor's list of things to do but when a department head within the city is looking for legal advice on something that affects the citizenry you have to give them that legal advice in a timely manner not wait a month to to even really start to look into it but the other thing too is you know Manny could have started reaching out to and I don't know that he didn't cuz you know he won't he won't get back to us well he's, but, and he's not and he's not going to because but, i'm sure the mayor already the mayor may have said to him i mean let's look at it the mayor may have said to him it's just like in any company when there's something going on you know but the top boss is going to tell the department head look you know i don't want you talking to anybody i don't want you being on the radio so you know even if he wants to I'm sure he's already been told by well, powers that be. Don't, the, the conversations don't that I've had with Manny in the past, have always, I, I've brought that up, you know, that the mayor kind of puts the kibosh on department head speaking. And he always said, yeah. you know, reach out to me anytime. I will, yeah. I will talk to you about these things. Um, now, I don't know if other things have gone on, you know, here and in his personal life that make him not want to want to reach out to us. But the, the the bottom line is it's not really us that's us that's asking you to come on and answer the questions. It's the people of New Bedford. We're just the avatar for them. Right. And, you know, and as far as this, I'm just going to end with this. And as far as the city council is concerned, I mean, you know, let's look at it. It's an election year. They, you know, they know. I mean, look who, who took our papers to run. I mean, there aren't that many people that are running against any of them. Um, so in, in a nutshell, they basically look at it. It's an election year. There's no, you know, no competition. Um, you know, we're going to get in anyway, so we don't have to say anything. And by the time, you know, um, election rolls around, you know, most people will have forgotten about what happened because people have short-term memories. So, you know, I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it. I mean, I think if um, they had... If there were a lot of people running against, say, for example, counselors at large, specifically, um, 
I think you, you know, we would have seen somebody come forward and, you know, talk about it because they'd be concerned that, you know, hey, it's election time. There's a lot of, I have you know, competition running against me. So let me open up and say something. But I mean, let's, you know, it's kind of sad. Let's just look well, at we, the situation. We can, we can, you know, argue about how viable each of these candidates are, candidates are but there are at least three people that, you know, as long as they've turned in all their papers and their signatures work out, there's three people challenging for those five seats, well, challenging the five incumbents. Seat. So that's, I mean, that would make me a little bit worried. Right, right. But yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, um, it's pretty sad that you get I'm sorry, four. Know, that, many, that many people, um, you know, that sign that petition and, you know, they, they're just, you know, looked at as, well, you know, you just don't matter, but, you know, 27 hundred people or 3,000 people, I, I mean, in this city, when you look at the percentage of people that vote, I mean, that's, a, you know, that's a good amount of people. It's not like 300 people. That's a good amount of people. So anyway, um, Tim, you have a good day. Okay. You as well. Take care. Um, I, I didn't finish my, my thought and I'm sorry, I should have when the caller was on the line. Um, but what I was saying is if the city solicitor wasn't getting back to Manny DeBrito with that information, and I don't know that he didn't do this, but I would be reaching out to other election commissioners. I'd be reaching out to the Secretary of State's office. I'd be doing the legwork that you would expect that the city solicitor would be doing because obviously the city solicitor is not going to really know off the top of their head either what the procedure is. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, Marcus and Chris pointed out yesterday there hasn't been an election since this question came on. So what were, what were the people in that office working on? I know there's a lot of things that they do. I'm not saying that they just sit around and wait for November to roll around. But, you know, could they have said, all right, we're going to spend, you know, three days this week working on this issue to get these answers for these folks? And um, I want to clarify, too. I said there were three people running in the at-large race against the five incumbents. There's actually four um, that I'm aware of. And out of those four, I don't know how many of them will be returning their signatures and how many of them will actually still be on the ballot. But it's it's Bruce Duart, it's Scott Lima, you know, no longer running, no, no longer uh, seeking re-election in Ward 5, but instead running at large. Um, Ariel Whitner, not Ar Aria Whitner, sorry. Uh, and also Carmen Amaral. So there's at least four people challenging five incumbents. So there is the potential for some serious shakeups in the at-large race. And if you just, let's just do the math. And then I got to take a break. You know what? I'll take a break and then we'll do the math. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right. So I was mentioning doing the math. So let's just say, you know, Paul and Catherine collected 2,700 signatures. Out of that 2,700, let's just say eh, 700 of them got thrown out because they weren't uh, valid New Bedford registered voters' signatures. So let's just say they were left with 2,000 at this point. And out of that 2,000, let's say 1,000 people, half of them actually really cared about what went on. Let's just say that that 1,000 were actually angered by it. The other 1,000... Uh, or a variety of things. It could be that they just signed it to sign it. It could just be that they uh, signed it because they felt like it deserved to go before the people, even if they didn't really care about the term limits. It could be that they just throw their hands up and say, oh, that's government for you. Uh, so whatever it might be. But let's just say a thousand people are upset about it. Those thousand people can sway 
the city council election can sway the mayoral election. Why? I mean, maybe maybe not unless a strong challenger emerges for Mayor Mitchell. But still, certainly in the city council race, especially for the at-large seats, they could sway the way that that race shakes out. And I know you're saying, well, but why are we, why are we putting the city council on the chopping block here if this is something that's out of their purview, if it's something that they didn't have anything to do with? Well, because none of them are stepping forward and saying anything except for Scott Lima telling me that he's going to be meeting with Catherine to find out more about what happened. He, you know, he's going to get more information before he, he'll offer a comment. But if they're not going to get the chance to give them term limits, maybe they'll just term limit them with their vote, right? That's what that's what everybody says. That's what City Council President Morad said. The people have term limits every two years by voting people out. Well, then maybe that thousand people will launch an effort to to, to do so. 508-996-0500. I got to take one more break before the end of the And welcome back in. We'll be going into the newsroom in just a moment. More of your phone calls on the other side. 508-996-0500, or you can shoot us an app chat message on the WBSM app like Not Bad and Oak Bluffs did. Good morning, Tim. The last caller is correct. There is no way the election commissioner will contact anyone at WBSM. I am certain that he has been told not to comment publicly. The mayor should be the one to face the public on this matter, and he will later on this morning when he joins Chris and Marcus on South Coast Now for midweek with the mayor. It happens every Wednesday at 11 a.m., so you can uh, expect them to, uh, I'm sure they'll, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 